And that's what my grandpa used to say to us when we were young in high school. He said, if people are in a bad mood or they're bad people in that spirit, he said, leave them alone. Don't go there. Yeah. And I do believe in that. That was Randy Burns. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Welcome to episode 19, part 2. In part 1, Randy talked about moving to San Francisco and founding Gay American Indians, the only group of its kind in the country in the mid-70s. We left off with Randy describing what it was like when AIDS hit the group. In this podcast, Randy will talk about going to Washington, D.C. to march for LGBT visibility and rights, and to bring awareness to the AIDS epidemic. He'll talk about going to Stonewall in New York City, and then he'll tell us about his trip back to San Francisco. Here's Randy. So, after that, and uh, we went to all the marches in Washington back in the 80s. Still during Reagan? Or yes. Re- Reagan and Bush? Or Reagan and Bush. Well, I think it was President Reagan, and then old man bush yes. and uh that time Happy. period in 87 or 89 the march in washington and we um worked with the national organizing uh committee uh, for civil rights for lgbt people and how we did it how i did it i could say or i don't know who but they were giving us uh, stipends to each city to get because we've always said you're on Indian land. Right. Barbara always insisted, remember, the queer people are walking on Indian people. The murder and the theft our land. She was more political and uh, forthright in her writings years later, I found out. <laughs> I couldn't believe what she was writing about the queer community, including the women of color about their outreach. They always had an agenda. It was already planned. So I work behind the scenes to get all the national uh, organizing board, uh, people that were on the national marches. I made sure that because of how we felt as queer Indian people at the time saying, we, we, this is our land, you gotta honor us. So they gave us all their travel stipends for uh, to get us to the marches on Washington and how we did it once we got there was again providing housing in motel rooms so by one the first year I second year March I remember putting up like nine ten of us in a little two oh, a yeah. little place in Chinatown mm-hmm. and so uh, during the AIDS epidemic the quilt was displayed on the National Mall mm-hmm. to ra- remind our government that we are dying. And we had a uh, morning rally the first March on March in Washington. We had an AM rally before the National March and we were asked to do the blessing and to speak on behalf of not only gay American Indians but all the people that the National Planning Committee the March on Washington National Committee gave us those stipends, so we were there on stage. And there was wow. after we got off the stage, then we began because the march started at eleven. We were there at ten. Yeah. 
-hmm. It was called Eclipse right behind uh, the White House. And the uh, Afro-American and the Latino community, of course, are outnumber us. They were fighting about who should lead the people of color contingent, the minority or the third world contingent. And I heard them arguing, and they said, where are we going to be? Where are we going to lead? What, what's going on? I didn't know that at the time. And I said, come on, boys and girls, let's go up there and talk to these let's bitches. All do it together. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for a cause. We're here for our civil rights. So we have to remind them that they're walking on Indian land. So again, a miracle happened. I went up there. And with my warriors, sisters and brothers behind me, and I said, excuse me, remember who's, please remember whose land you're walking on. Love it. It's only appropriate, don't you think, you two fighting communities, that you should honor the American Indian gays and lesbian with our banner. That morning before the eclipse rally, we had a sunrise ceremony uh, far away from uh, right behind the uh, Lincoln Memorial, far away. Mm-hmm. We did that at 5 in the morning before the sun came up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we also did another ceremony after our rally with our fa- uh, parents and with our allies. We had another uh, kind of like a talking circle. So. When we went up there and told the uh, Latino and the Afro-American community, whose land are you walking on? They said, of course, you guys. So they let us let let it. And that October was so hot, was Mm. what we call Indian summer. Yes, and And it uh, it can get hot in Washington, D.C. Hotter, back in D.C., humidity, and all that. And we had uh, the whole organizer plan, I'm all... One minute of silence, lay down on the ground like, and pretend you're dead. Mm-hmm. And that day, like many of us, were in our short shorts, yeah. you know, <laughs> our hot pants, you could say, <laughs> in the 80s. And so, like, all failed. Pretend you're dead. Everyone on that line on Pennsylvania and all went down. Mm-hmm. It was all so coordinating, mm-hmm. so beautiful. And we all went down. I think down. almost peaceful, um, you yes, know, nonviolent. Yeah. We all lay down there. Said Brandella, Brandella, when are we going to get up? My legs are burning. <laughs> I said, "Bitch, that's your problem." We're all talking and laughing, carrying our little signs. But we marched behind our Gay American Indian banner, and I was so proud. And that same year was the year that the government, uh, the Supreme Court, ruled against Hardwick and versus George, I believe, case and went before the Supreme Court. So there was civil disobedience on the march happened on Sunday. Two days later, two days later we had that organized rally at uh, the front of city, the Supreme Court justice, I mean, the Supreme Court. The building. Uh, building, yeah. What, I'm DC. sorry, what was that ruling? It was Hardwick versus Georgia. But what was it? It was about uh, sodomy. Oh, out of Texas, no, if I'm not. Yeah, but Georgia, I think it was, was Georgia. Georgia. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, anyway. We were, I was there, and those who stayed behind, and we decided um, that we had to be there, and they said, we're going to stay, you know, you know, and uh, our ticket's going to run out. So, again, we all stayed in one room, and the health, we brought one brother. Uh, his name was Herbie, was Oto, and Navajo. 
and he went there with his doctor's approval. He, he knew he was sick. Mm. And so my friend from Idaho, Clyde Hall, had doctored him Indian way in the room. And he said, you guys go to the march. We'll be there in spirit. So he stayed mm. with Herbie. And uh, so uh, we went there to the uh, Supreme Court building, federal building. I mean, you know, the site. And we went there. And what I loved about that organized re- uh, march against that Supreme Court ruling was to see so many doctors and nurses to see the women's contingent. Yeah. And um, it was so organized and they had uh, organized it so like the theme, remember that song growing up, Red Rover, Red Rover? Sure. And they said, Red Rover, Red Rover, send the doctors on over. All the doctors went right up into the steps of City Hall. Red Rover, Red Rover, send the nurses on over. And then they would say, Red Rover, Red Rover, Send all the dykes on over, <laughs> and it was a roar. Oh, sure. And they had to start arresting them, so they had these uh, buses. And as they pulled away, all the people that weren't part of the protest in front of the uh, Supreme Court building, they started with their plaques, started hitting the bus and pushing the bus, and, and the bus was moving and moving, and I was there pounding and pounding, and, and all the queens inside were blowing their whistles, and oh, it was beautiful. Sure. It was so orchestrated. That was my memory, the quilt and the Supreme Court protests. And, uh, and so, you know, and then... Uh, in 93, I think, March on Washington, we were there again. There was another march in between, I think. In 93, we were there, and that's when Martina Navratilova came out, a famous tennis star. Yes. And uh, she made a comment about how can we be proud if we are going to ha- hide in our closet. And um, paraphrasing. And basically, she said, if you want the world and... America to see you, then you must come out. And she ended up with saying, clothes are for closet. Mm. So just be proud of who you are. And everyone screamed. Oh, she was huge. She was enormous. When she came out, it was miraculous. But the day of that uh, 93 March, and she was quoted, and um, I had organized with the support of our Gamer Handing <laughs> Club Active uh, still, and we organized a townhouse meeting in Washington, D.C. at a church social hall. And after we had our Indian bologna and sandwich, bologna <laughs> and cheese. cheese yeah. <laughs> What's that? Cheese? Crafting? Uh, no, no, no. It was crap. It was Velveeta. Velveeta singles. And I yeah. said, and I said, no mayo, so you guys got to lose weight <laughs> for you big girls and boys. We had chips, and I don't know where all this food came from. Yeah. And people said, how did you do it? Yeah. I said, it's a miracle. It's believing yeah. in something. Like I say, I've been blessed as an individual, Mm -hmm. but I thank the membership of the organization because it brought me to, it brought me here. And uh, 
and I'm proud to say that is the memory I have of those marches. And then uh, leading into the very first march on Washington, it was a deal to all the airlines had a 99 ticket to JFK or LaGuardia. Okay. So from San Francisco nonstop, oh, that plane was sure. This is the first march. Oh, 93 it was. Yeah, and I in one of the marches. But anyway, we were all coming in to JFK or LaGuardia. We all ended up on Amtrak. And it was so beautiful to see so many. It was so packed. They packed us in. Mm-hmm. And then we got in there, and all the lesbian song, song came on. And here they, and here they come, the, ro- the rolling dikes. When they, what, you know that song. Oh, yes, sure. Well, when the song come marching in. Yes, when the when saints the go marching in. Marching when the dykes go marching in. <laughs> and when the <laughs> queers come marching in. Oh, that's awesome. And when the doctors come marching I mean, like, we were just rocking the Amtrak. And we got off there hollering. We didn't even sleep when we yeah. got there in New York City, of course, Greenwich Village. When we got back on Amtrak to get back to JFK or LaGuardia, they were just that Stonewall was packed yeah. full of queer people oh, I'm sure. and could barely get into Stonewall Inn at the sure. time. And so uh, at that March in 87, my money was getting low. I, I had enough to get on the plane, but they said it could take four or five days. So I went to Brooklyn, uh, to the Greenwich Village, and and these gay guys. We were dancing two, three. The bars were open till four o'clock. Yes, they and were. They said, "Oh, Far. where are you from?" I said, "San Francisco," with my long black hair. Yeah. Oh, my BIA glass and looking long, all pretty. How long? Sorry, Randy. How long was your Down hair? Down to my butt. Down to your butt. Okay. Near my belt. Was and it in a, a tail? Like no, a no, no, no. I just or? just kind of flashed it. Wow. It was real, and it was black before. Now it's gray. Wow. And so anyway, they said we're going to Philadelphia. I said, "Like shit, where is Philadelphia?" <laughs> But we're all partying. We have room in the car. We'll get you on a good turnpike. It's what's a turnpike? Yeah. <laughs> Freeway, of course. We don't have those and out so here. So they took me to a good on ramp. And so I got a ride from, um, and I checked into Greyhound. My money's getting low. And Greyhound, you know, that was packed. And they said, well, again, maybe one or two to waiting day lists. Mm. And I said, oh, shit. Well, when they, they mentioned this, because I looked into the, air and i looked into gay hound mm-hmm. money getting low and all that they said what take you to get on get on turnpike so i, I hitchhiked across america and i beat gay hound back oh my god to san francisco wow left uh left uh, uh left with hundred a little under hundred was a lot about 90 my 99 dollars mm-hmm. and i came back rich you came back with more money, money. <laughs> and you got here before gay yeah. house. <laughs> and I was young and thin and trim. And if and that's so a, if that's not a coming to San Francisco oh, I story, I don't know what is. Pennsylvania in the dark, and I ended up in Ohio. I don't know. And then my last ride was with this very closeted, uh, very nice professional man who lived in Chicago. So we stayed in his condo. He got me on a subway into Chicago. And then I got a bus, so... Oh, bus from Chicago. From Chicago to Iowa, something like oh, that. Oh, okay. And somewhere along the line, I got some smoochies in. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Gay Hound, and so I hitchhiked. And then the banner we 
we made was uh, handmade, uh, you know, like when you're in grade school. Yeah. It's that uh, black and, you know, it was painted black on yellow or something. With, yeah. It wasn't with shoe polish, was it? Well, it wasn't shoe polish, like, but do? it was that thing that kids use to make their handprints. Oh, okay. It wasn't, it wasn't F- uh, finger acrylic. Paint. Finger paint. That's yeah. what it was. So we made that. Yeah, that was our first Marshall Washington, actually. Wow. And so I said, oh, Cole, I'm freezing on a out there in the cornfield somewhere <laughs> and i said i'm gonna take that banner and roll it wrap it around me little did i know it smeared on my <laughs> wrangler levi wrangler pet so wow. this truck driver picked me up he, out of uh, some somewhere out of denver three days i got three rides across that far out of denver and mm-hmm. He said, well, I'm going to Denver. I'll put you on a good on-ramp. And then we got talking. He said, if you want, uh, they all said, if two truck, tr- truck driver and that closet gay guy out of Chicago, they said, do you know that you're sure you're dirty? They might have thought Here. you were a mechanic. I don't know, but they gave me money. Oh. Here's money for my trip. So hey. the two truck driver gave me 20 bucks, 20 bucks, and that uh, closet gay guy. Out of Chicago, rich guy, gave me money. Wow. So I came back with a little under $50, left New York with my $99, came back rich. And then they said, okay, I got to uh, Salt Lake, uh, Utah. I thought, I was home, Nevada, cool, I know I-80. And so I got as far as Salt Lake City. This guy got me out of Denver. That's where he was going, Salt Lake City, got me on a good on-ramp. And I got a ride. Uh, it was getting late in the afternoon, and I got a ride out of um, well there to Nevada. And then I got to Nevada. It was uh, Nevada Day. That's what it was. October thirty-first. Mm-hmm. That time period, the Nevada State Holiday. On my reservation, they it's had Nevada Day. I'm sorry, yeah, uh, October. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've never heard Nevada. of that. Well, they call it Nevada Day, and I know they okay. have a big rodeo on my res. Okay. So I got a ride out of. Um, uh, out of uh, Utah with these cowboys going to my <laughs> reservation oh. for the uh, rodeo, tribal rodeo. Nice. And they're uh, drunk and <laughs> uh, partying. <laughs> there were two car. Uh, there were two two trailers, pickup trucks, mm-hmm. and I got in the back. And this older gay guy was molested by him. Oh God! And he was closet married gay guy, a straight guy, Indian guy. And he molested me, and I didn't care. Oh. And I was sobering up watching <laughs> these cowboy Indians going down I 80, going to my tribal reservation. And I was being molested, and they want more beer. I said, hell yeah. So I kept getting, I just tuned him out. So they had to stop wow. in the hoe houses yeah. along the way. Sure. So I had to stop there and guzzle in the bar more and whatever. They were on, treating me. And he said, you have enough money? And I said, not really. And he gave me <laughs> a little more money. So I came back more richer than You I started did. with 99. 99. I How much did you arrive well, back in San Francisco? Or yeah. With 100, you, made, you doubled, no, yeah. 50%. So they were going, wow. yeah, and then they let me off. All you had to do was get off. molested. That's all you yeah, had to do. I did. Got kisses out of <laughs> Iowa. Got molested there with a cowboy wow. uh, married man and uh so anyway i got to my reservation they said you want to go out to pyramid lake maybe someone take you into reno i said no i'll hitchhike and guess who picked me up my auntie and her hus- late husband there he's gone 
And uh, they said, oh, Randy, where are you going? I said, I'm going back home. And they had heard of the March on Washington National News. So I said, I'm going back home. They said, Randy, your shirt, your clothes are dirty. Are you okay? Look, you're tired. I said, I want to get back home to San Francisco. And they said, you want me to get you on a good on-ramp? You hitchhike. You lived here. You were a student at UNR. You know where to go. We'll drop you off there. Are you hungry? You want to eat? I said, no, just take me to the on-ramp. So I put, I had my, by that time, two days on the, uh, two days on the road, three days actually take yeah, New York here. Yeah, that's fast. Uh, to Reno, uh, to San Francisco. I was tired. My hair was just kind of feeling oily and nasty. Sure. And put my hair up. And then when I got in Reno, I let my hair flow. And the truck driver said, young man, uh, he didn't know if I was a woman or he said, you want to get in, honey? And I said, sure. <laughs> so I got a ride from out of Reno with this big old truck driver. He said, well, I'm going as far as Berkeley, Oakland. I'll get you on a good ramp. I said, Close fine. Enough. University Avenue I got on, and then I got a ride into San Francisco. Yeah. And I beat the gay, gay hound back. But back to my friend Herbie, he was so sick. And Herbie's and, uh, from out from out here? Oto, Navajo. He came out here as a professional hair stylist. Okay, but you knew him in San Francisco. Yeah, but he was a member of the club. Okay. And the gay seven, uh, 89 March, and he was so sick, we had to take him out to, uh, now it's called Reagan International mm-hmm. Airport, and we took him out there. He was so weak, but all the lesbian uh, who were going to San Francisco who knew of gay American Indians so will take care of brothers. So we called ahead and said the arrival time and they picked him up. And at least he went there and a week later he died. And back then I got to say about gay men in particular. We be all became caregivers right. to those who were uh, diagnosed with ARC AIDS. And they worked to the very end of their death always charitable always sharing what they earned with gay american indians you did this no they did oh they they did and it was from the bottom of their heart so uh, my mom said to me when i was at the late 80s i was making the aids um leader you know leadership circuit Mm -hmm. and she said my son you go and you're, you are representing the group you started. And many of your, my men, my hairdressers are dying. They trust you. They allow you to come into the house to care for them. You're going there to learn and to listen. Mm-hmm. And she told me, because when you walk in a room, when you're going to all these AIDS conferences, in the West Coast, you're going there, you're taking care of people who are eventually going to die, because mm-hmm. back then there was no cure. Right. And she said, but they go there, you go there to learn to listen, mm-hmm. because remember, somebody in that conference of Indians, caregivers, allies, tribal people, may have more power, Indian power, than you will ever have. Right. And might make you sick because you are traveling with death, mm-hmm. Indian way. Mm-hmm. And I'll always remember that. Mm. when Your I mother could, told you this. Yes, yes, yeah. of those who were di- uh, p- dying of the virus yeah. in our membership. Mm-hmm. And uh, after 56, I stopped counting. 
Mm. And uh, but I did. Uh, we did but memorial. Fifty six. How yeah. did you get to? I mean, of our membership. I can't even. Im- I can't imagine two. Yeah. Well, you know, I was there. I personally was. You know, when I was young. Oh, growing up, we were told not to do public prayer. Right. It's private. Right. And that we don't share, uh, we don't go into anybody's sweat house, which is becoming intertribal. Oh, come to the sweat. It's like, come to Disneyland. No. I take my prayer very serious. Right. Based on my grandpa and my mom, who was a healer. My grandpa right. was a healer. She said, you don't go into anybody else's circle. If you're going to do prayer, you come home. Hmm with us and do right. the prayer right but when you do it daily do it for yourself for family and for the people you serve if you want to stay up to date please follow storied san francisco on facebook twitter and instagram every episode is on our website storiedsf.com you can subscribe to the podcast on google play stitcher soundcloud and itunes Please let us know how we're doing, or if you have a storyteller in mind for us. Our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Music for the podcast is by Joe Begale. Thanks for listening. Check back next week, and we'll hear from Lexington Club founder, Sonny Hare.